0: The Holy Spirit comes by once in a while and whispers to me stuff uh, that I, I don't know why. I, he never tells me why. He don't know me why. But he just tells me I want you to do something. I mentioned last week that the Holy Spirit had come by and, and just kind of whispered in my, in my ear that, I will, that my eyes shall see. My eyes shall see. You know, as a born-again believer, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Praise God for that. I preached this message about eight years ago. I went and reworked it a little bit, and I've got some other verses I added to it because I wanted to, but I uh, I just have to do it again. I have to do it again because God said he wants me to do it again. If you were not here eight years ago, this would be brand new for you, and if you were here eight years ago, you have no idea what it is anyway. <laughs> If I had to come up here and give me the outline, you wouldn't be able to do it. But once I give it, you say, yeah, I remember that. I hope you do. My, my, My point is that you get it. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 60 through 65. Mark chapter 14, verse 60 to 65. This is the season of Christ. Otherwise called this Christmas season. The season of Christ. All over the world. Even when they, where they don't want it, Christ is slipping in through the cracks. He's slipping in on the internet. He's slipping in on the TV. He's slipping in on the radio. He's slipping in everywhere. It is the world, as much as they hate the Christ, the Son of the living God, they cannot get away from him because Christmas is worldwide. Now, they've tried to pervert Christmas with Santa Claus, and uh, by the way, I want to tell you a truth this morning. If you, and if you didn't have anything else, this truth is worth coming. Santa Claus is not coming. Jesus is. Amen. Just thought I'd mention it. Uh, now you go away mad at me. I can't believe you denied it was a Santa Claus. Okay, I'm sorry. Mark chapter 14. Jesus is before Pilate. He gets before Pilate, he gets before the Sanhedrin here. And he the very son of God, the creator of all that is, the Bible makes it clear, Colossians and other places that he spoke everything into existence. Nothing is in existence that that he did not speak in, and everything is remaining in existence because he is holding it together. Now that's that's big. And it's going nowhere till God says it goes somewhere. And in Mark fourteen sixty, we said the high priest stood up in the midst, and they're trying Jesus here. Then the high priest, and he comes. I'll go to Pilate in a minute. Jesus saying, answer and and ask Jesus, answerest thou nothing? Now, most people, when you're being tried for your life, I mean, you're getting ready to be scourged, you're getting ready to be crucified, you're getting ready to be the most painful death known to man was crucifixion being turned over to the, the Romans, because the Jews couldn't actually uh, execute anybody. They had to turn that over to the Romans to do, but they could uh, condemn somebody to death and then turn them over to the Romans, which is what they did. And so normally people would defend themselves. They would say, well, there's you know this and that and the other thing. He says, What is it which these witnesses witness against thee? And many people had witnessed against him. They brought in false witnesses, said he'd, he'd, uh, he'd uh, destroy the temple and build it in three days. They misunderstood. He was talking spiritually, to his body. But he held his peace. He was a lamb to the slaughter, and before his shears he was dumb, answering answered nothing. And the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ? the son of the blessed. And listen to what Jesus says to these folks, these disbelieving in the majority. I am. Oh, now to the Jews, that I am echoed through the hall. That's the same I am that Moses heard at the burning bush. Who shall I say sin? Tell them that I am sin. That's the same I am that they had. I am that they heard in John chapter eight when he said, "Before Abraham was, I am." They took up stones to stone him because it was a by by calling your. Well, we'll get into this in a minute. And Jesus said, "And you shall see." And that's the key word here: "You shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven." Then the high priest rent his clothes. It was a reaction, and said, what need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and cover his face, and buffet him, and say unto him, Prophesy! And the servants should strike him with the palms of their hands. Imagine! I can't imagine angel looking on that situation with with Gabriel and Michael knowing that this is the one that spoke them into existence. Everything you see in the universe into existence. All the people on earth into existence. And they're smacking him and spitting on him. And wondering what is going on. Oh, the prophecy of these words. Little did they understand the power and reality of the person that they were smiting on the cheek. And when he went to Pilate, Pilate knew just as little as these informed Jews that had Moses to read. He seemed to understand. In fact, to be honest with you, in my opinion, Pilate understood a little bit more than they did. In John chapter 18, if you want to take your Bibles to that, you can. We'll go through verse 33 to 38. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Everybody wants to know who he is. Where are you from? Who's your father? Where are you from? Who gave you authority to do this? Jesus answered, Sayest thou this of thyself or did others tell it unto thee? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine old nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me, and what hast thou done? And this is amazing that Jesus would say such a thorough answer to a Gentile, wicked Gentile Roman ruler that had been so cruel in his life. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And to this end was I born, and, thou say, and he says, Thou sayest I am a king, which is a Jewish idiom to say, Yes, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And if I may pause here and say, As a born again believer, that is your sole obligation, bear witness of the truth. Do not allow any sort of intimidation or skewing to take place where you don't bear witness of the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. So help you God. Wow. Everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault. I find in him no fault at all. He knew the truth. His wife had warned him. The Holy Spirit and his mercy to, to Pilate had 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 spoken to the wife. The wife went to Pilate and said, don't have anything to do with this righteous man. Don't have anything to do with him. Which, let's interpret that by don't do anything crazy here because this is a righteous person. Don't condemn this person. He had the power of life and death, no doubt. He knew the truth, but he was too politically correct and too cultured in that society to do what was right. The Bible says that He did not find any fault at all in him. Nonetheless, no fault to crucify the guy. And yet, he cared more about the opinions of those around him than he did the truth. He cared more about the political ramifications. Because the Jews said, well, if you let him be a king, then we're going to tell Caesar because you know there's only one king and that's Caesar. And he cared about what was going to go back to Caesar or going to go back to the political chain. And maybe his career wouldn't come out the way he thought it was supposed to. And he all those thoughts surely were going through the man's mind. He understood the political system of his moment. And he knew the viciousness of the Jews, that they hated him really. And they didn't have any respect for Caesar and would have overthrown. In fact, in 70 AD, they all did. And, and he knew all that. And they were just trying to get this fellow... Jew crucified because he had challenged them and had challenged their their uh, falsehoods and their perversions of the Bible that they were teaching the people sitting in the seat of Moses. It was all about pleasing the crowd to this man called Pilate. Now, what was crazy about it, according to secular history, Pilate, after that event, was later demoted and sent to a place called Gaul, which by the very name, you know what, it was not a nice place. And there he committed suicide. What's involved in these three short words that Jesus said to the Jewish Sanhedrin that was trying him, ye shall see. Well, I pick up on that and I say, first of all, the lost are going to live past physical death. I'm talking about those who know not Christ as their personal Savior. Now I know there's all kinds of cults and all kinds of contradictions out there. They want to say when you die, you die like a dog. And I don't know how they know how a dog dies, but they think a dog dies and ceases to exist and he becomes like he was before he was born. Well, if you and I go, if we become like we were before we were born, then there's actually no punishment for sin. Because if I don't know I ever existed, did I ever exist? And that's why a kid will walk into school and shoot, 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 shoot five year olds or shoot his fellow classmates and then shoot himself because he thinks death is a cessation of consciousness. He thinks death is a escape from consequences. And when you for 40 years have told your kids that they are nothing but an evolutionary created animal by random selection and that they really have no soul or no eternal judgment facing them and their actions are just like an animal's actions and it won't make any difference really it encourages them to do what we've seen in the last few years of 25 plus 30 plus whatever it is now public shootings with absolutely no conscience of taking people's lives and then ending their own life. The pattern is they shoot a bunch of people and then end their own life because they don't want to face consequences. However, the Bible teaches that as soon as that individual shoots himself, an angel appears up, takes him, and eventually he'll be stand before Jesus Christ himself and answer for those his sins, all his sins. And instead of his situation getting better, it's going to be far, far worse than he even could imagine. Now, do you think that if, by, by believing in a place called hell, which the Bible teaches and Jesus taught more than even taught in heaven, by believing those consequences for your actions and your sins, uh, do you believe that would tend to hinder people from committing mass murder? Well, let me tell you. When the gospel had its reign and, its, and, and its, its power and influence in the 50s and 60s, when I was raised up as a teenager, we had guns in the back of our pickup truck, and we would go to school with them loaded, locked and loaded, in the back of the window, maybe two guns, maybe two a rifle and a shotgun, and we'd have them in our pickup truck in the school parking lot. I mean, it was common. How many, how many remember that? Raise your hand. Boys, look around there. Look at, that. Look at them. Look at them old people. Don't, hey boy! Don't, don't think I'm just making this up. I'm not making it up. Now you tell me what the difference was in the high schoolers and school kids of the day when all across America they carried weapons, would carry knives on them, would would, would have guns in their pickup trucks or truck. You know, if you don't have a pickup truck, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> but you know the vehicles, and 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 they would and they would. What? You tell me what the difference was. It was the Sunday schools across America that have been teaching them boys and girls and the bus ministries have been going picking them up out of their neighborhoods and bringing them to the church and saying there is a God, you have a living, never dying, eternal soul, and if someday you're going to answer for the deeds done in your body, whether they be good or bad, and if you don't trust Christ as your Savior and, and repent and believe in Him, then eventually you're going to answer for your sins and it's going to be, and it'll be cast in a place called the Lake of Fire. A place called hell. A place where if you say, How bad is hell? Fire up your stove. Get it red hot. See how long you can hold your hand on the burner. Two seconds? Three seconds? Five seconds? Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, thousand four, thousand five. I bet there's nobody in here would be able to hold their hand on that. But Jesus said in His description, "Where that's a place that nobody wants to go to, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched." You do not want to go there. Jesus came, died on Calvary, and and was resurrected the third day. So you do not have to go there. That was being taught across America. And that's why our schools were safe. Without police. Without guards. We didn't have zero tolerance. We didn't need it. The lost are going to have consciousness beyond death. That was over 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years ago Jesus said those words to them. You shall see the Son of Man coming. And it's still future. All these people around this situation we read are long dead, long dead. Their bones are turned to dust. But that's not them. Their soul is alive and well this morning. They've been conscious every moment of time since they died. The common belief that all things stop, they're not conscious, is false. According to the one that died and was buried and rose again, that conquered death. You, they will see. That 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 assumes you have ability. You have eyes. I mean, maybe we don't have to have eyes to see, okay? Because the body doesn't necessarily match up with the soul. We mean, but you are eventually going to some way see. We secondly learn the lost are going to be conscious past long after the physical death. We just talked about that. Every human born in this world will never cease, to, never cease to be conscious. Death is not a seesaw; it's a, a cease. All. You get that? all. seesaw. Cease all. It is not a place to hide from God. Death is not a place. Let me just make it clear this morning for anybody who will even think about suicide. Suicide is nothing more than going through a door and facing God. People have come to me and said, preacher, I think about killing myself. I said, well, if you do that, it is, it is like giving the finger to God just before you die. I wouldn't want to do that. It is where you will maybe for the first time really be fully conscious of the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And what is that truth? That you cannot hide from God. You cannot will this away. You cannot talk it away. You can say to me, Brother Bill, I believe it's snowing outside. I'm going to go out there and make a snowman. Will it all you want? But it's not going to snow, and you're not going to make a snowman today in Southwest Florida. There has been time. There have been times, rarely did that that happened, 1983. But you can will. People say, I don't believe in hell. It don't make any difference what you believe. It don't make any difference. Jesus said it is. The Bible says it is. You cannot. You can disbelieve all you want. The harsh reality is, you shall see. The lost are going to understand and acknowledge what is right eventually, and in the reality of it all, in the end of their, in the the before they're placed and judged for their sin. The Bible says that, "Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name." Talk about Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. Everyone. Wow. There will not be one exception. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There will be not one exception. Hitler will confess Jesus as a Christ. The, the wild and crazy, most crazy atheists will bow on their knee and confess Jesus, you are Lord. The, the mass murderer who is, is, is hates everyone will bow on his knee and confess humbly that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to tell you this and warn you a heads up. Better to confess him as Lord this side of death. This side of death, the invitation is open. Whosoever will may come. You can come and get saved today. All, come all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. The invitation is open this morning. You're alive you can hear me, you have reasoning, you understand, you can be saved today. When death happens, the gate is closed, and you are then judged for the deeds done in your body, whether they be good or bad. Do you know, after death, there will, there will not be one disbeliever? All belief will be gone. The Bible says in James, even the demons believe and tremble, what I'm talking about right now. The demons believe and tremble. The de- demons, remember, if you look, go through the Gospels, remember when the demons saw Jesus? What was their posture? What was their what was their demeanor? They, they fell on their, they, fell, they were they were in a, a humble worshipful uh, state. Uh, now these are not these, these are powerful beings that had control over the humans that they were in and, and destroying their life. But the gathering maniac who, who nobody even would, would want to go where he was at because he was so vicious and so he fought, bowed on his knee. Have have you come to torment me before the time? The Bible says the demons believe. Now that kind of faith is not going to save them because it's too late for them. But it's not too late for you. You can be saved today. You can know Christ your Savior today. Your repentance and faith in Christ will deliver you from the judgment of your sin. Why? Because Jesus, when he shed his blood on that old rugged cross, paid for our sins. That's what the Bible says. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, who whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a promise. The lost are going to mourn as never before on the other side of death when they see. When they see. In Luke chapter 13, a warning Jesus gives, he says, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. Matthew twenty four thirty says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they and they shall see the Son of Man coming in clouds of heaven with power and great glory. In the book of Zechariah, he says, I'll pour out upon the house of David, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourner for his only son. And he shall be in bitterness for him as one as bitterness for his firstborn. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, it comes in alongside Zechariah 12.10, says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. That is parallel with Zechariah 12.10. Because some people will say they shall look at him, and they're talking about the actual Roman soldiers who pierced him. But according to Revelation seven, Zechariah 12.10, who he's talking about is not just the Jews who delivered him over to be crucified, it's talking about the soldiers who had the hammer and the nail and put it through his hands and put it through his feet. They themselves will understand this indeed was not just an average person being crucified, which they understood that part, but it was the Christ, the very Son of the living God. It says, Every eye shall see him, and they which shall pierce him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. How can someone that's been dead for, well, coming up on 2,000 years have understanding to know and emotion to wail? Think about it. How can they have emotion to wail when they see him whom they have pierced? The Bible says they're going to gnash their teeth and wail. Why? Because what's coming on them? Also, the thought that they missed it. They miss so great salvation. That's just really half the story. The Bible says the saved shall see it too. The saved people are going to see it. First John 3, 2, Beloved, now, now are we the sons of God, and it shall not yet appear what we shall be. For we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Is but it won't be a seeing of dread, a seeing of wailing and gnashing of teeth, it'll be a sealing, a seeing of joy, as Peter says, unspeakable and full of glory. When we see Jesus, there are songs written about all that. When I go to heaven, you know, I'm gonna see Abraham, I'm gonna see Isaac, I'm gonna see Jacob, but let me see Jesus, let me see Jesus who died for me, amen. We're going to see that bright city, pearly white city. Ooh, I like that. We're going to get to see heaven. You shall see the city prepared as a bride adorned for a husband, born again Christian. You shall see the city like a stone, most precious, born again Christian. You shall see the 12 gates with 12 angels guarding at the gates, born again Christian. You shall see the names of the 12 tribes at each gate, born again Christian. You shall see the names of the 12 apostles on each layer of the foundations of the New Jerusalem, some 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. That's a big city. You shall see the the, uh, 12 beautiful colors and these foundations garnished with jewels, born again Christian. You shall see the streets of this city which appear gold. You shall see the tree of life. I want to see the tree of life. You shall see the river of life. You shall see the book of life. I'm looking forward to it. No wonder there'll be exceeding joy. You shall see your mansion that was personally built by Jesus. I go to prepare a place. For you. I'm glad he's preparing a place for Vito. But I want to see my place. Amen. I'm glad he's preparing a place for Kathy. uh, But I hope he's preparing a place for me. I'll rejoice about your place. But I'm not going to rejoice. I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm not going to rejoice in the same way as I rejoice when I see the place he's prepared for me. God knows what colors I like. For once in my life, I'll have the furniture in the place I want it. (laughs) For once in my life, there'll be a kitchen the way I want it. You shall see the 12 kinds of fruit every month bearing a different fruit in its season. You shall see the cherubims and seraphims and the throne of God and Michael and Gabriel be able to shake hands. With Michael and Gabriel. Uh, you'll see your fellow brothers. I believe we'll see our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll see what it means to have eternal life. I think that's deeper and wider and longer, higher than anything we understand. You'll see the wor- your works And the rewards that Jesus decides you to get for the works you've done for him. You'll you'll see, you'll understand what adoption of sons is about. You'll you'll see the uh, light in the city, which is Jesus. And by the way, I believe you'll see the fact that he's made us luminaries. Very clear in the Bible says that we don't need any light when we go in a room. We, We will light the room up when we go in it. Why? God is light. It makes sense that his servants would take on a, part, a portion of who he is. You'll see the Lord God Almighty, Revelation 1. You'll see the Lamb slaying for you, the Savior, the Lord Jesus. And then I want you to take one. Take your Bibles, Isaiah. Isaiah 66 That's just before Jeremiah, if you get close. Isaiah 66. I thought about this the other day. I'll I'm, I'm put this in here. Isaiah 66, verse 23, 24. The last two verses of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is, a, I can't even go into what Isaiah is. 66 books in the Bible. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah. The center of Isaiah is the center of the Bible. There's just a whole bunch about Isaiah that's very unique and special last two verses, he says something strange to me. It shall come to pass that that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. And their worms shall not die, neither shall the fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. That's where Jesus got Mark chapter nine verse forty-two. It was from the Old Testament. When Jesus, the hardest place, ever, the hardest place in the whole New Testament about hell and the warning of hell is Mark chapter nine, I believe it's verse forty-two and down. But that's where it does not sound exactly like that. as strange as it may seem, you're going to see that too. So what kind of seeing will you have? To the Sanhedrin in, in chapter of 14 of Mark, verse 62, he says, Who are you? He says, Are you, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He says, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming to cause the glory. And may I repeat that to you. And those that are listening over the internet, may I repeat that to you. Saved or lost? Believe or disbelieve? Atheist? Buddhist, Hindu? Islamic? Whatever you claim to be, if you reject Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the light that no man cometh unto the Father but by him then in in a negative way you shall see the Son of Man coming in clouds and great glory. And you shall mourn for Him as one mourneth for His only Son. Because you know that you'll have to answer for your own sins. Don't do it. There's been enough warning, enough... All People have said if you go to hell you're going to have to go over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because God has placed a witness in the Word of God. He's placed a witness in what He's made. Every time you see a sunset, every time you see a sunrise, every time you hear a mockingbird sing, every time you see some complicated universal thing that you couldn't explain in any other way that there's an intelligent Creator, He is testifying to the people lift up your head, lift up your head, your redemption draws nigh. Believe on my Son, Jesus Christ.